What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Game Podcast. I am Matt Primo, joined by Chris Norman. Hello, everybody. And this is, like I said, the Two Game Podcast, where every week we talk about nerdy shit, video games, music, anime, comics, uh, anything you can think of, we fucking talk about on this podcast. We even have a uh, little ADD moments and talk about other shit. Uh, it just really depends. But if you are watching us on YouTube, then you will notice that uh, it's just me on there. Chris is not showing his face. He is actually in Area 51 right now, and uh, the government would kill him if he uh, showed his face. So that's why it is just Chris Norman. Spelled out. He tells no lies. <laughs> he is playing a top secret game that has not been announced or released yet. That's all because we are this huge ass podcast now and we get those benefits. Somewhat, yes. It's actually the sequel to Tears of the Kingdom, so... Uh... <laughs> right. <laughs> Speaking of Tears of the Kingdom, we are going to talk about Tears of the Kingdom today because as fate would have it, they had a 10-minute long presentation prior to us uh, recording this episode, so it came out just in time. So we will talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, anything that we saw out of the trailer. And uh, we will discuss that in just a little bit. But the main thing about this episode, we're going to be talking about our, new, our latest news. I got a, I have a question that I'm going to propose to Chris in, in a little bit. We'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Y'all just, oh God, y'all just hang on tight. It's not that bad of a question. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Usually I, when I, you I, proceed it with other things, that means it's going to rock my world. So that's all right. See, now it's not going to live up to the expectations. <laughs> Too much foreplay. Too much foreplay. That's my bad. My bad. I, I, I built that one up. Not, not going to lie. <laughs> but I do have a question for him in, in a little bit that's going to kind of spark a, I guess, overall discussion for this episode. And then, obviously, we're going to talk about... I keep hitting this fucking mic with my, with my head. Um, when we talking about our playlist... And then, like I said, uh, Tears of the Kingdom. We actually, I haven't, even, I haven't talked to Chris because, you know, actually, let's just let's go and put our cards on the table here, okay? Okay, Chris. All right. I gotta say, you are the worst person to text with. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. No. No. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. Five, I'm five days later. <laughs> <a minute. laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's, you, you know, listen, my life is a roller coaster, all right? I will text so much that I'll just finally get tired of it and call you because I'm texting so much back and forth for like two weeks straight, but then I'll have like a week stretch where I just get so wrecked by work that I forget that I have a phone. So honestly, it, it's it's been more of the uphill climb the last few weeks, so I, I, I could see your frustration. I understand, man. I'm just, I'm just fucking with you, man. Just fucking with you. There's some truth behind it, but I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> no, you're far from the first person to tell me I'm a shitty texter. My wife tells me I'm a shitty texter. <laughs> I, I like say something, and then I'm like, I go back like two days later to say something else. I'm like, am I that like that? You know, like when you're in like a new relationship, <laughs> and you text the person like ten times before they ever respond back to you. I feel like that sometimes. You just imagine I'm on the other end of the phone, going, "God, Primo's so clingy." <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> No, no, it's it's probably because I read your last one, had a nice laugh about it, and then got busy and fucking forgot to respond. That, that's pretty much the story of my life. 
That's fair. Well, I have not really talked with Chris about this, but I have been playing a lot of Fire Emblem Engage. And this is the point that I really want to hammer out that quote-unquote review and uh, talk about the nitty-gritty details of Fire Emblem. Uh, that way we don't really have to talk about it ever again on the podcast until I finish it and I just give my final thoughts on it. But I do want to go more a little bit more in-depth on Fire Emblem uh, for this episode. So with all that being said, let's jump into, uh, jump into the news there, sir. Let's have it. Are you a John Wick fan? Uh, I can't call myself a fan because I've only seen the first two, but I absolutely love them. Uh, third one's really good, too. They're all three. I, I've never heard a single bad thing about any of them. I just, for whatever reason, never had time to sit and watch it. So, so John Wick 4 just came out this past week, and they debuted at a franchise best $137.5 million worldwide and 73.5 in the US. So I absolutely love the John Wick movies. Absolutely love. Them. I think they are they are so action packed and they they bring something new to the table with those movies. And Keanu Reeves is I wouldn't say he's a great actor, but his presence in the movie, his acting in the movies are fucking great. The uh, first movie has that uh that one line where he's like tied up and he's he's being tortured or some shit and they're like he's like oh, I'm gonna kill every one last one of you motherfuckers and I'm like yes dude let's do it kill them now you totally are <laughs> y'all are dead I am super excited to go see this movie I gotta figure out when I can go see it it's over it's over two and a half hours from what I've seen so it is a long, long movie, but I don't know. Lots of places have been given it nines and tens. It's saying it's one of the best action movies ever. Bro, I am, uh, it makes my PP a little hard. Just thinking about yep. it. Yep, yep, yep. Probably going to have to watch the third one real soon so I can catch up and watch the new one too because it does look dope. It is on my voodoo, sir, if you decide you want to watch it. I would never steal your login information, man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of new movies, Avatar 2, uh, The Way of the Water, Way of the Water, whatever the hell it's called, came out today digitally. We're doing a uh, like a movie night with the, the family because Logan, me, Tina, we all we, we love Avatar. Uh, so Tina took it to like the next stage in terms of a movie night, dude. She comes home earlier while I'm doing my little my little CCT class. She's like, bro. I mean, she didn't say bro. I'm I'm putting that word in her mouth. But she's sure. like, hey, um, I got all these snacks for a movie night tonight, and they're all blue themed. I'm like, bruh, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Respect. Respect. I respect the commitment. Yeah, right. She got... Uh, what was it? Cheddar and sour cream Pringles in a blue can. Uh, salt and vinegar Pringles also in a blue can. Hell yes. You got blue Hawaiian punch, which, by the way, the best version of Hawaiian punch next to the red version, but blue is superior. In fact, I'll take it one step further. Blue is superior. Blue raspberry is superior to every other flavor and color in just about any type of food. 
that might be the that might be the boldest thing you've ever said on this podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, been like probably seventeen years since I've had blue Hawaiian punch, so I can neither agree or disagree. But that that's a pretty bold claim, sir. Hey, I'm I'm laying all the facts on the table to this episode. So all right, uh, <laughs> sure enough. So she got that. She got Oreos, which are in a blue package. She got uh oh uh cool cool ranch Doritos, which are also in that blue package. <laughs> I was I was talking to her after she had kind of showed me all those snacks, and I was like, "Hey, we're doing pizza tonight, right?" She goes, "Yeah, I think we can we can make the pizzas instead. I think that'd be really fun for the kids." I'm like, "I'm down with making some pizza, man. We we haven't done homemade pizzas in a while." So I made the offhand suggestion, and I was just being fucking sarcastic, right? I was like, you know what? You should really just dye the cheese blue. And she kind of looked at me, and she goes, we're fucking doing it. And I'm like, hell yes. <laughs> hell yes. Should have kept my mouth shut. So, yes, we are going to be eating blue cheese pizza and then all kinds of blue snacks and shit. I'm sure that shit will be on Facebook and, and whatnot. I have absolutely zero doubt. But it should be. That's pretty fantastic. So ADD moment, completely off the rails there. The next news segment that I want to talk about, and it is probably the one that I am most excited about. And I shared it in our Discord, which y'all can get access to by going to patreon.com slash two game. That is the number two. Support us at any of those tiers, and you get access to the Discord, which is where all of our fun and shenanigans happens. It's where you vote on just about every single piece of content that we put out. Uh, so go there if you uh, can want to consider supporting us. We would greatly appreciate it. By the way, on our YouTube, uh, the video format for our episodes, which you can get to by going to, well, YouTube, uh, at the end of these episodes, we will have a title card for the uh, shout-out tier. You know, back in the day, we used to give shout-outs throughout the episode. Well, I put all that on the end of the episode, and it's this little nice little animated uh, little little outro card. Uh, so if you support us at the $20 tier, you will get uh, your name on that uh, on that title card. But anyways, TMNT, The Last Ronin. We have done two episodes out of the deep dive, or three episodes out of the deep dive, I think. Um, in the next few weeks, we will be completing that deep dive series. But they announced a video game for The Last Ronin. It's a AAA uh in the vein of God of War. Hmm. How do you feel about that, sir? I mean, I'm stoked. I'm 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 going to play it 100%, but I I won't form a full-on opinion about how that makes me feel until I'm able to play through both God of War games, which will be very soon. I I'm working on my Office slash closet setup so that I can actually invest some time in my PlayStation. But just the idea of the last run and being a video game makes me very happy. I mean, this is an awesome story. And if the gameplay is done right, then it's just, I think it can't be anything but phenomenal. I think it'd be hard to fuck up. It'd probably be cooler as a from software game. That's but. You? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, I've played a little Elden Ring. All right. <laughs> I'm a pro, as they say. Yeah, I've, I've beat them all, man. Come on. 
But no, just I, th- I think the dark theme of the game would look really good as a From Software game. But I don't know. I- I'm sure the powers that be have a lot more intel on it than I do. So uh, I'm excited either way, though. So two things, okay? One, have you watched the animated clip of The Last Ronin on YouTube yet? Like the six-minute one? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It, uh, not recently. So good. Like, we need mm-hmm. that. Yeah, 100%. Second thing, I have not really talked to you verbally since the big day, sir, and that is you got a PS5 from your wife. I did. Yes, no, I did. Yeah, my, my wife won. Uh, she She won the anniversary present this year, for sure. So I told her, so I don't know if you know this, but she came to me prior to buying it before she got uh-huh. together, and she's like, hey, is this one good? I'm like, yeah, that's a great one. Like, he, he will love that game. But that's part two. You need part one. So you're going to have to go buy part one as well. And she's like, oh, oh. I did. <laughs> and, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Yes, she did. She, she took your advice. So once it happened... And I, I, I messaged her back like the next day or something like that. I was like, hey, did you end up buying uh, the PlayStation 5 for, for Chris? And she says, oh, yeah, yeah, it's coming this day. And it was, I had that, that giddiness, that anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want to text him so fucking bad right now. <laughs> and tell him, dude, guess what your, guess what your fucking wife did? <laughs> yeah, man, she was a champion. Thank you for guiding her in the right direction as well. I'm not sure what question she was asking, but I'm very, very appreciative of the outcome. So after the fact, I promised her I would do this. Now, I had anticipated us doing it uh, several weeks ago, but I told her I would do this, and I I would give her her five seconds of fame. And that is, shout out to your wife, Lindsay Norman, for uh, providing you with that PS5, sir. Thank you. I will... Definitely allow her to listen to this and fast forward to that part several times so she can hear it. <laughs> I was like, that's a damn good, uh, damn good uh, anniversary gift, not going to lie. I thought I won with a new iWatch. I did not. Uh, seriously, I was very confident in the new Apple Watch. But nope, whatever. Hey, I'll take that loss. Right? Hey, worth it, sir. Hashtag worth it. Funny story about that. So about... Four straight nights of me putting about an hour to an hour and a half into Horizon Zero Dawn, I quickly learned that I cannot play my PlayStation in my bedroom. My oldest son didn't give a shit, dude. I could As soon as he fell asleep, I could turn my Xbox on, play till the sun came up. My, my youngest son, absolutely not. The light wakes him up. So we had to walk through our house and strategically figure out what we were going to do. So that's when we decided to turn our really oversized closet into half an office. So it's coming, but it's not there yet. Shout out? Yeah, always well, shout out. Shout the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, what games have you been playing on there so far? Uh, PlayStation 5? The only yeah. one I've played on mine is Horizon. Now, we went to Colorado... Um, three or four weeks ago and spent a week with her sister and her sister's boyfriend. He just bought a house out there and he has like a, like a kind of a basement that he kind of made into like a guest area or whatever. And he's got a PlayStation five and he had the only game he had for it was Elden ring. So I, I played a little bit of Elden ring while we were down there, 
but as far as mine goes, I played about 30 minutes of God of War just so I could see what it looked like, and then probably seven or eight hours of Zero Dawn. Yeah, how are you liking Zero Dawn? Oh, I love Zero Dawn. That's I'm it. When I realized that I wasn't going to be able to play it anymore, I was just finally I, I just very pissed, but I accepted defeat. I mean, my kid's not sleeping. I can't do it, but still, I was I was heartbroken, just straight devastated. That's when you. I, I can't wait till I can just sit in there for four hours at a time and stay up till two a.m. and I'm gonna play catch up and knock that shit out in no time. That's when you look at your kid and go, "Go to sleep. I'm trying to play." <laughs> Put it out or get your own room. Right? <laughs> this is happening. I know you just turned one, but damn. Sometimes it sucks to suck. It does. But all good. I do have it now. I'm very happy about it. I'm just excited to actually get to spend a lot of time playing it. I got you, man. Gotcha. So the last little bit of news that I have, and that is the guy that directed the new John Wick 4 movie. Chad Stileski, I'm probably saying that wrong, but y'all know what y'all can go do. Go fuck yourselves. Uh, he is directing the Ghosts of Tsushima movie that is uh, supposedly in production, which I am actually kind of excited about. He was talking about the likelihood of a classic uh, Kurosawa mode, where it's like classic black and white with that like, kind of like grainy film over it, like the classic uh, samurai movies. So, do you know anything about Ghost of Tsushima, other than what we've mentioned on the podcast? No, no. I was here when y'all did the initial review for it. I think that might have been the Hellblade episode you guys did that on. But I never really knew much about that, or not, uh, never knew much else about that game, other than listening to you guys. Yeah, um, it's kind of it's kind of like in the same vein of uh, of Horizon. It's, it's got that open world. It's it's got more of the combat of like Sekiro, kinda. I, I'm I'm throwing out these kind of similarities in there, but they're only mm-hmm. like similar, like just very very minimal similarities between these games. But it's samurai fighting, you got sword fighting, all that bullshit. Um, really really good game. It was one of those games that I remember when we reviewed that I was like. Hey, this was a good first entry into a new franchise. Like, if they can just improve upon some of like the animations and the graphics, and kind of improve on like the gameplay aspect, like you know, not 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 in terms of like the combat, but like side quest and you know the little collectible portions and the the armor and whatnot. If they improve on that. I think that could be an amazing game. So I've been excited about the uh, the movie aspect of this franchise. And them adding in a black and white version, that would be fucking dope. Really dope. Especially if it's anywhere near the quality of like the design as the game was. It did look good. I will say that. I remember watching some of the gameplay. I can't imagine it blacked out. But it'd probably be pretty cool. Yeah. So I just I just wanted to briefly mention those three topics real quick before we jumped into into our playlist. Now the question that I have for you, sir, before we jump into the playlist, I have been trying my damnedest to get the collector's edition of Legend of Zelda. All right. Mm-hmm. Been trying my damnedest. 
I recently bought the the last collector's edition that I bought was for Fire Emblem Engage, and I wouldn't say that I'm I'm not upset by spending a hundred dollars for that for that set because I do really love the game. It's maybe not as much as some of my other collector's editions that I've I've uh, that I've gotten. But the question that I want to ask you: What games do you buy collector's editions for? Mm. Like what? What gets what gets you hard, sir? What gets you diamond plate status to make you go? I'm get I'm I'm spending the extra money to get that fucking collector's edition for this game, even though you don't know how that game's going to uh, be perceived or if it's good or not. Well, yeah, I'm gonna have to have. I'm going to have to have roots in the franchise already. Like I'm going to have to know before I even think about spending that kind of money that I am going to not only like this game, but absolutely love it. Uh, Now engage, I didn't get the collector's edition and I wouldn't have been mad if I had, but that one, I'm going to throw that out on because the love I have for that franchise. And we'll talk more about it, obviously, because we're talking about engage today that that one would have probably disappointed me a little bit going into it, but that would have been, like, that's my basis for knowing that I'm going to invest something into it is what I already have. Like, if you told me that, I don't know, Final Fantasy X was going to re-release with a steel book and an updated strategy guide and a $75 art book, I mean, I'd buy that shit yesterday, and I've already owned probably 11 copies of that game, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I would say that'd probably be my biggest thing. It, it also, it's going to depend on what comes with the collector's edition. I mean, I will pay double for a steel book, and I may not necessarily care about the rest of the shit that comes in the set. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How much are you willing to spend? Uh, Tears of the Kingdom? Just for, for anything. We'll, we'll use Tears of the Kingdom as, uh, as an example. Again, it's going to depend on what comes with it. So standard collector's editions are usually a steel book, an art book, sometimes a strat guide, and sometimes like a figurine, something like that. Or, you know, like something like Halo came in a helmet. Standard collector's editions, probably like 150 to 160. Again, if it comes with eight different things and it jumps up into the 250 to 300 range, I'm probably not going to spend it, but I wouldn't judge people to do if that's, you know. So there are two games that I bought, I guess, the collector's editions for. Now, I mean, I have sele- I have several different collector's editions, but you can put air quotes around collector's editions for those games because it's uh-huh. right around 100 bucks. <clears throat> And it came with a steel book and maybe an art book. But the two biggest ones that I have was the one for Elden Ring, which I was not missing out on the collector's edition for Elden Ring. Was not fucking missing out on it. Okay. That one was over $200. I think it was over $200, if I'm not mistaken. And I don't regret one penny spent on that because one, I put over 120 hours into the game. Two, it's in my top 10 games of all time and just everything leading up into that game, the trailers, the hype, I was, I was right. fucking there for it. So I was willing sure. to spend my money. My favorite, actually, is the, and I wouldn't have guessed it at the time, I would, I would have been willing to tell you that the collector's edition for Elden Ring would have been my favorite 
addition for a game. My favorite is actually the collector's edition for Forbidden West. Now, I played Zero Dawn and really, really loved it. I wouldn't say that I was super hyped for for Forbidden West in terms of collector's editions. Like, typically, but let's put it this way. If I'm being all, putting all my cards out on the table here, I bought the collector's edition for Forbidden West with the mindset that I was just going to write it off on taxes. <laughs> that's really all it was. Truth, truth be told. <laughs> so, that's, that's really what I was going to do, okay? So I bought it, and I was like, hey, it comes with a statue and all that. It's a little expensive. It was, uh, I think it was a little bit more expensive than the Elden Ring one, if I'm not mistaken. So I was like, ah, that hurts, but uh, I'll, I'll fucking get it. And since then, it is probably my favorite collector's edition. It comes out with this huge Timur Tusk uh, figure. Dude, it's fucking huge. I can't put it on my shelf. It's that big. It comes with a steel book. All all the good shit comes in that collector's edition. And since then, it's in my top 10 games of all time. It was one of my favorite games of last year. If Elden Ring hadn't come out, it probably would have been number one. But uh, I put a lot of time into that game. So for me personally, when it comes to collector's editions, I if if it's if it's something less than a hundred dollars, let's say it's like eighty to hundred bucks for a collector's edition or a special edition of some sort. I might splurge the money on a new game with that. But if it's over a hundred dollars, bro, I gotta have some ties to that game. Gotta right. Heard that. Now one thing I will say is I think collector's editions, look, I am spending more money for this game. I should have DLC included. 100%. Like the Fire Emblem, I just spent $100 on this game before the DLC ever comes out. I should get DLC included. No, I 100% agree with that. 100%. And then like pre-orders and whatnot, I think if you pre-order something, look, I, don't give me a fucking skin for an armor or some shit. Give me some dope shit. Give me, give me a fucking token. You know, if you go pre-order shit like like a uh, like GameStop, like uh, I pre-ordered Sekiro years and years ago. I got this dope little uh, samurai sword that's a letter opener, and it has like a little stand that it sits on, and it's like, bro, it's it's not much, but that's pretty dope. I have it on my shelf right now. So shit like that. I, I think if they want to increase games, the prices of games and whatnot, that's fine. But you know, treat us a little bit better if we decide to put money into your game before it ever fucking comes out. Agreed. No, I one hundred percent agree. And do you, do you know it's crazy? Even people like Nintendo, how they some things you just look at beforehand and it looks like it's all dramatically overpriced, but every now and then. And you see it more with remakes than anything. There's something that's just like a diamond in the rough that's actually affordable. Mm-hmm. So like when Persona 5 Royal re- uh, launched for the Switch, you got it in a still book without having to ask for it. You got the Royal DLC, which is probably 15 to 20 extra hours of gameplay. And you got a lot of shit in the game that you don't even need. That some of the stuff, if you use and take advantage of, it almost breaks the game and just makes it too easy. Like, they gave you all that shit, 
in a steel book and a hundred hours of gameplay for the flat sixty. And you're gonna pay sixty dollars for a shitty Mario game in a plastic ass case. Yep. You know, I, I just I don't I I guess it's because it was a remake and it was a port that everybody had been waiting on, but still. I would have paid a hundred dollars for that Persona Five Royal Steel book. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I hadn't even played the game yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> but to be fair, I do own Persona Five Royal on PS4, and I also have that Steelbook edition as well. I just haven't had time to play it. Is it the same Steelbook, like the same artwork? Uh, no. no. Okay, I was just curious. No, uh, I'll have to. I'll have to send you pictures of it whenever we get done with this. I think it's different, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, well, no worries. I was just curious. I've gotten to the point where I have so many Steelbooks that <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't really decipher them. Yeah, heard that. At that point, I would need a vault with a code on it. I got so just many. Just to hoard all my shit. All right, sir. So yeah, I just wanted to have a little little mini discussion on collector's editions and pre-orders and whatnot. I think it's, you know, we when we first started this podcast, that was that was some of the things that we did each and every episode. We had a like, little, little discussion, you know? So I'm trying to bring it back to the past. And and move it forward, you know. I like it. All right. Um. Let's jump into our playlist, sir. Sorry, I got a text message and it threw me the fuck off. It's been a while since I talked to you. So, what have you been watching? Ooh, couple things. So, first off, Last of Us. Thank you for that world. Uh, so good. I was a a few couple weeks late finishing it. But I finally got to marathon like four episodes back to back to back to back and totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, my hero watched the new episode yesterday. Ooh. Dear God, have you seen it yet? Yes. You oh, talking, you did, uh, okay. you're talking about versus uh, Class 1A? Yeah. 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 Oh, God. What a mm, 20 minutes of cartoon porn that was. So let's, uh, let's, let's talk go about ahead. it. Spoilers for My Hero Academia, whatever episode that was, it's uh, Deku versus Class 1A. Mm-hmm. I thought, other than maybe one or two episodes, like before all that shit happened, it was the, it was like, it was after the battle, but it was before the whole Dark Deku arc. Mm-hmm. Two episodes there, I was like, eh, not as good as all everything else. But so far, this is like one of the best seasons of My Hero. Oh, this is my absolute favorite season of My Hero so far. It it took until this episode to claim that title. Up until this last episode, it was still like the simulation training season where they were all doing like the little class project thing at the facility. But after this last episode, dude, this, this season to me just has blown the rest out of the water. So what did you think about... Because I mentioned this on last week's episode to to Christian. I said the one thing that I would say was a negative about the season was the fact that Deku just went dark on all willy-nilly. Like, there was no real lead-up to that, right? So how, how do you feel about all that? That bothered me at first. Uh, it did, but then the more I got to see of Dark Deku, it bothered me less and less because Dark Deku still isn't dark. 
he's just rugged. Like, he's the same Deku when you really think about his personality. He's just fucking exhausted, and he's also a savage. Mm-hmm. Like, his morals haven't slipped. You know, we, so, like, I, I don't know. I think his awakening was probably still brought on a little too quickly, but for the calamity that everybody went through in the first half of the season, you couldn't really drag it out any more than that. So, I mean... This is true. You know, I have no problem with it now. I see the issue, though. I did have problem with it up until about the Lady Nagant fight is when I started thinking, all right, I'm actually fine with it. I have no issue. That was a good fight. That was dope. Yeah, I was expecting more, like, combat in this last episode. Like, when it was going on, I was like, bro, he's ain't like, you're, you're saying it's Dark Deku versus Class 1A. It's not really not really at all it's more like class 1a is just trying to stop him. <laughs> there's no it's rule. unconscious deku and class 1a trying to sedate him pretty much exactly and at first i was like well this sucks man there's not really any it, this isn't like the classic goku versus vegeta fight when it's majin vegeta right that's what i initially thought it was going to be when touche when, when the episode got mentioned to me so as I'm watching it, I'm like, you know what? Actually, I'm okay with it being like this. This is different. It's not copying other anime. It's hitting you in the feels with the music and all that. I I thought the episode was fucking fantastic. Yeah, it it was. It was. And it's like you said, it's less action than you anticipated, but everybody said what they needed to say except for Ochaku, and I'm pretty sure that's probably going to come next episode, but you finally got that Bakugo moment that Deku's needed for like seven years now. That was so good. So good, dude. Like, if that show has been building a banana split for this long, there's the fucking cherry, dude. Like, that's what Deku needed, and that's what saved him. I mean, it was just... I I don't know what, if anything, was lost in translation from Japanese to English, but it was written perfectly. The dialogue was written absolutely perfectly. Yes. Fucking great. Now, Chaku, I... I thought she was going to profess her love for him. Mm-hmm. She's like, I fucking love you, Deku. Come back here and bone me or some shit. Like, I thought she was going to say that. <laughs> and it didn't happen. So I'm, I'm curious to know if, if that moment is going to come on the next episode. Shut up. Pun intended. I think it will. Yes. Yes, I think it will. I think if, if the Bakugo lingo was the sweet glazed cherry then the ochako moment is probably going to be the finishing touch walnuts so <laughs> <laughs> i i love this uh banana split analogy that you got going on here <laughs> i'm really fucking hungry man really fucking hungry me too me too <laughs> all right but what else you been watching man uh trying to catch up on misfits of demon king academy uh i love that show and i just wish i could get it all dubbed at once because i hate the waiting game but it comes with anime so good though i'm actually about 65 or 70 episodes back into black clover i don't really know why i decided to rewatch that show again but i'm so glad that i did because when i first started watching anime it was one of the first shows i watched so i feel like i probably didn't appreciate it as much as i should have but damn i just love that one It's, it's one of my favorites New movie comes out. And I did see that. You know what? That might have been what started me rewatching it when I saw that somewhere, for mm-hmm. being honest. Um, but 
the only other thing I've been watching, and I finished it, and I still have yet to talk to Christian about it. I, I watched the finale for Eminence and Shadows, and God, I, I waited until it was all dubbed. I'll let it catch back up and then get dubbed. And, um, dude, I have, I have never seen, all right, so pr pretty much any anime fight you ever watch, there's always that first phase where protagonist walks out, drops a few hits, then gets their ass kicked for at least a full episode, and then has that moment of realization, comes back, whips that ass, yeah. you know? This was just a straight gang train for the entire episode, and these other people never stood a chance. It was literally if if anime were a bukkake. <laughs> That's what Christian said. <laughs> he said it was just ass. Yes, it was so well done, so well done. I absolutely loved it. But yeah, that's about it. Now that the dub's finished. I got. I got to watch that show. It's 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 a wonderful. So I've been watching My Hero Academia. Been catching up with that. There's no way I can let the episode go a day without watching it. Um, so I've been catching up on that. I've rewatched or not rewatched. I watched a uh, Knock at the Cabin, the M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong movie that came out uh, this past year with Dave Bautista. Ah, disappointed, man. Disappointed. Wasn't that good? Really. Dave Bautista, yeah. if you take him out of that movie, that movie fucking sucks. He is the only thing keeping that movie afloat. He is that good. Of Interesting. A he is really good in that movie. Things you never expect to hear about Dave Bautista. Have you have you not seen a bunch of movies that he's in? No, no I mean, I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. That's about all of them. I, I, I loved him in that one, but I mean, he was Drax. It's not that hard to be Drax. That's true. No, so I'm not going to credit or discredit his acting. I'm, I'm just saying, you, you just don't hear his acting overly praised that often. That's mm -hmm. all. Yeah, give it give it a year or two now that uh, Guardians will be done and he'll be out of Marvel. Give it a year or two. He'll be one of the best actors in Hollywood. All right, touche. Fair and enough. He will be the opposite of The Rock. He won't be action. He'll be drama. And he he has the ability to be one of the best actors in Hollywood. You have intrigued me, sir. He's uh, he's pretty good in this movie. Pretty good. Now, another thing that I've been watching, I watched a couple of episodes, and it was more along the lines of I just needed like some, and I'm totally pun intended on this, I needed some comfort food. So I watched this show called The Chef Show, which for those that have been following along the podcast, especially Surfing the Stream, I mentioned and reviewed uh, the movie Chef, which Jon Favreau in it. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's it's one of those comfort food movies. And he has an accompanying uh, chef show with it. But the great thing about this show is the fact that it's not like a typical food network show. This is on Netflix, by the way. No, he's learning about different foods and how to put them together. Like, he's learning how to cook this shit, just like you are. And it's in a... It's it's not in the typical, oh, you got to put this in there and this in there. No, he's like asking questions about how this goes with this and, and shit like that. And it's uh, it's really good, really good so far. Uh, so need a little bit of that in my life. So I started watching that show. But that's it. That's it. I haven't had time to do anything else. It sounds interesting, actually. 
Uh, have you been listening to anything, sir? Uh, I've kind of just been running like a 50 song playlist through my phone when I have when I need background noise. But it's mostly like stuff like the Revivalists and Peyton Parrish and Paramore. I did find this one new band called Versus Me. Haven't listened to a full album or anything. Well, they're not new. They're just new to me because I discovered them by chance. I thought that the lead singer was Ivar the Boneless from Vikings because he looks exactly like Ivar the Boneless from Vikings. So that's why I was like, wow, I got to look that shit up. And I found out it's not him, but the music's still pretty good. <laughs> oh, so sad. It's slightly poppy metalcore, mm. you know, not overly heavy, but heavy enough. So i mm, been listening to a lot of music. Actually, on the Discord every week, I'm going to start... I signed up, I didn't sign up, but it's this little free sign-up thing that you can do online called last.fm, and you can attach it to your Spotify, and it keeps track of who you're listening to, what songs you're listening to, what albums you're listening to the most over like a week, month, year, whatever. So I'm going to post that on our Discord for anybody to keep up with some of the music that I've been listening to. Maybe you'll find new music out there. But I've been looking to uh, Invent Animate, which is a really fucking good album. Uh, August Burns Red just came out with their new album, Death Below. And it is a great album experience. It's like every song flows right into the next. It's like one long song, basically. And uh, I haven't liked an August Burns Red uh, album in, in several years. And this, is, this was a great, great experience. Uh, been listening to Periphery's new album. Gideon came out a new album, and then I just wanted to mention that Spotify has this new feature called the DJ feature. Have you heard about this, sir? I have not. So the DJ feature, it basically pulls songs. It's this little, I guess, AI within Spotify. It pulls songs from like your past, and then it'll also push you in directions that you're maybe not familiar with, like new bands and shit like that. Really, really good feature. Now, my wife used to be on my Spotify, so they started playing some fucking uh, uh, Miley Cyrus on there. What was it? Uh, something in the USA or some shit like that. Yeah, I had to skip that shit. I was like, don't ever play that again. <laughs> but other than that, the DJ thing is, is really, really great. Plays a bunch of the songs that you love, and then while I'll also introducing some some new shit in there as well. So y'all go check that out uh, if you have Spotify. Favorite part about that is how you pretended that you don't like Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> I will not admit it on camera. Uh, fair enough. Not 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 for history. Not not going to record that. Right. All right, sir. That is cool though. Two games we need to talk about. Okay. Let's go All ahead right. and get. Let's go ahead and get uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. They had a 10-minute long presentation this morning. What did you think about Tears of the Kingdom and the gameplay? Uh, that, that, that gif I sent you is what I think about it. They took the best elements out of Skyward Sword and added them to Breath of the Wild. It, was, it seemed to be a perfect fusion and looks absolutely fire. I, I, cannot, I was already pumped. You can't be more pumped for it, but if it could be, then I would have been. Yeah, they're adding, you know, initially I was like, bruh, this took, what, five years to make? It's literally just Breath of the Wild. And I'm not, I, 
I'm disappointed in that, but I'm also not disappointed in that because Breath of the Wild is in my top 10 of all time. <clears throat> and I really love that game. But I was like, oh, I was kind of expecting more. And then it's like my brain, <laughs> wait, be patient, okay? Just, just let it happen. And that's when they started introducing all the new shit, which yep. I wasn't totally just hyped for going vertically into the skies. I mean, I was excited about it, but I wouldn't say it was something that I'm like, oh, that should be fucking, that's $70 worth right there. That's that's worth the increase in price. But no, they have introduced new elements to the, to the combat and to the, to the gameplay. So basically, you can fuse shit in this game. So y'all know the 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 classic complaint of Breath of the Wild which is weapon durability. Yes, it is back. No, they did not fix it. They said fuck you. We don't give a shit. Yeah, they did shit us all, shit shit on us with that one. But cool thing is, you got this little little fucking stick on the road. You can get that and fuse it with this big ass boulder and make like a big old fucking club basically with a rock on the end and you can beat the shit out of enemies with this new fused weapon which I think is really really interesting and it's going to add a lot of different gameplay elements to the combat and it's going to be interesting to see what people kind of fuse together to to spice up the combat and whatnot so interested in that and then you can like fuse like a mushroom with your shield or some shit, and the mushroom can disperse like a cloud of spores to where you know you basically become stealthy and you can go in there and behind them and uh, just beat that ass. Shout out. And then what was some of the other things that they did? Uh, you can go through walls now or the, the ceilings of certain of certain caves and 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 whatnot, which is interesting. Um, uh, pretty much is if long as, as long as there is a surface above you that you can stand on, you are supposed according to the guy in the video, you can go through the ceiling to get there. So it's it's cool, it's interesting, but I think the main reason was a lot of people complained about Breath of the Wild because you had to get your 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 stamina up so much faster than your health. Mm-hmm. So there was so much on the map that you had to leave unexplored until you could get back to it because you just couldn't climb high enough yet. So I don't know if that was kind of like a solution or if that was just a freebie, but either way, I'm there for it because it's going to save you time and effort. Exactly. I was one of those people that would... Uh, it's not a glitch, but there is a way to work around the whole climbing places. If you can find just... Just a tiny bit of flat level, you can right on that for just a second and then climb back up. Um, so I did do that a lot. So with all the stuff that they showed me in this game, I'm like, I still don't know if it's seventy dollars worth. I mean, one hundred percent, I'm going to fucking buy it for seventy dollars. Let's let's. Oh yeah, no, it will be, friend. You already know it will be worth oh. it. Yeah, but I'm just curious as to why they felt this game. Was seventy dollars versus I don't know any other game. Like it, it's gonna be hard to justify a Mario game being seventy about seventy dollars. So if you compare these two games, obviously this is worth seventy dollars. But I'm just curious what went through their minds saying, okay, we're adding this and we're adding this, and that is huge in terms of adding content to this game. 
So I'm just I'm just wondering what what made that price jump from sixty to seventy in terms of what they're adding to this game. I think it's a couple different things. One, I think there's just going to be so much more to explore. So the map is roughly the same size overall. The map of Hero, from what I've read, uh, I think a couple areas are a little bit wider so they can actually get away with marketing a larger map, but it's essentially the same. But the vertical aspect means you have the potential to have twice as much space to cover. So, and I realize you're not always going to be walking under a floating island, but you could be. I don't know if the islands move. I don't know, you know, I don't know if certain ones only appear at certain points in the game. But the entirety of the map you have on the bottom, you have the potential to have that much map above you at any point. So I think you just you you're going to have to spend so much more time doing what I would still consider my favorite part of Breath of the Wild is just running around with absolutely no intent or purpose. So I I think you're going to get a lot more time for 10 extra dollars. I think the fusion aspect added a lot that could be marketed. So if you got a tree branch and you know it's about to die and then you fuse it with a boulder, not only do you get the increased attack power, it resets the durability of the tree branch because it's a brand new weapon. Mm-hmm. So you'll save a little bit of time trying to hunt down another one. And instead of waiting for it to shatter and then scrambling to pick one up, you just you have the option to upgrade the one you already have. I, I think that's absolutely phenomenal. They finally give you purpose with some of the random ass monster parts that you picked up and never did anything with in Breath of the Wild. That when the guy made homing arrows with the bad eye, that shit was, oh, was dope, dude. I can't wait to do that. The dude was like, I can't shoot worth shit. Uh, so I'm going to add this big ass target on the end of it. Yeah. Like, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll allow this. And he said in the video, just, just shoot it in the general direction. You know, it's fine. It'll. That was cool, though. That was really cool. Uh, vehicles. Yes. That was pretty sweet. Yes. Yeah. You can. You, fusion is one ability, but you also have this other one called Ultra Hand, where you can essentially fuse larger inanimate objects to animate them. So when we saw the last trailer, when he was flying around on what we thought was a helicopter, was actually something that the person playing Link had created. And according to this guy, there are no limits to your creativity. That's, that's dope. So I, I think, I, I just think that they've, they've given you so much extra stuff to do with no ceiling or no cap that, I don't know, it's, I'm hoping that by the time I play it, I'm looking at myself going, I would have paid $70 twice for that. Because it just, it seems like there's something that's going to be easily 150 hours by the time I'm done with it. And then I'm curious about DLC as well with that. Obviously, I mean, you probably wouldn't announce your DLC right now, but right, sure there will be some type of DLC. But yeah, I'm kind of in the same camp as you. Like, I, I know that this game is going to be over 100 hours. I'm just going to be mindlessly running through the forest, the the lands and all that. Um, I have very, very, very fond memories of playing Breath of the Wild. Uh, one of my sons had been born at the time, and it was just me holding him and playing my Switch. And I played 120 hours uh, of Breath of the Wild. To me, it's the exact same game, and they just added shit on top of it. So it's got to be as good as Breath of the Wild, right? 
I mean, one would think. Oh, that just I know that's a hard ask because Breath of the Wild is damn near a 10. I mean, it's I think the lowest possible score anybody could give Breath of the Wild is 9, but at the same time, 5 years later to make it better, already telling me some of the stuff they've added and I'm knowing that that's that's not even all the stuff they added. I I just I feel like it has to be. Yeah. So definitely excited about that. That comes out uh what May 12th. So I have a lot to get done before that fucking May 12th because once May 12th happens, uh, it's gonna be breath. It's gonna be Tears of the Kingdom for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. All right. Let's move on to the other game that we need to talk about, and that is Fire Emblem Engage. We talked about this, and we were fucking hyped for it when it first came out, or right before it came out. And then I want to say you and I had what one or two episodes where we kind of talked about the about the game, and it was like the early, early fucking stages of the game. How many hours have you put into the game so far? Right at thirty. Ooh, I've doubled up on you. Yeah, yeah. I've put about seventy. Now, if you look at my time on the game, it says like sixty-five or some shit like that. But you got to add like five or six hours for some of the battles that I fucking had to get out of and quit because I was just getting my ass whooped. So about 70 hours into the game so far, I have, I think, six or seven. I think I have six or seven more chapters left. But I have a lot of the DLC. I have a lot of... The, the the paralogs and, and shit like that. So there's still lots and lots of content that I have left to play. Will I play it all right now? Probably not. I'll get most of it done. And it will probably be something that I come back at a later date, maybe. Uh, but I, I want to hear your thoughts, sir. At 30 hours, has your opinions changed since those first couple episodes that we talked about it? <sighs> No. <laughs> Sadly, no. I still I stand by what I said. I I love the combat. The combat is still an upgrade to three houses. Um with the additions of the emblems and stuff, but I've just I mean, man, it's sad because I was looking forward to this game so much, but I've just completely lost interest in the story and I have absolutely no desire to go to my castle. Like, I just, I don't find peace and harmony there. I find burden, and (laughs) it just takes so long, and all I want to do is just immediately jump from battle to battle, but you you know it's a Fire Emblem game, so you can't do that. Like, you have to invest some time at least building up what you got to build up, but I don't know, and overall, I just think the characters are thrown at you entirely too fast. Like, I don't have time to learn these people in my party and decide if I actually want to keep them or not before I've got three new ones I've got to figure out how to cycle in. So you got to pan all these people in and out, and you feel like you've lost everything you've invested in past characters because you don't have room in your party anymore. You know, I just... And that's that's with doing side missions and stuff. You know, so, I don't know, I just feel like it's... Even though it is so much gameplay and you can put so much time and effort into it, I just feel like it's too much is still thrown at you consistently way too fast. All right. 
Well, here is my 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 goal for this segment and this episode, sir. And that is to get you to play it again. I probably won't be able to, and I wouldn't fault you for not playing it again. Oh, I haven't given up playing it. It sounds like you've given up. <laughs> no, 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 no. I haven't given up. Again, I'm still having fun with the combat. This, so this, this last week, I haven't been able to play anything, so that's been part of it. But Here's how my process works, and, and I feel like... Now, me, you and I have talked uh, last week about the difficulty and whatnot. So, for everybody out there, I did change the difficulty. I went from hard to easy, and that was mainly because I couldn't turn permadeath off. If I could turn permadeath off, I would have kept it at hard mode. But for whatever reason, whenever you start the game on classic mode, it is forever classic mode. You can't alter that. So I went down in easy mode mainly because I was just I was losing interest in in the combat. I was tired of getting my ass fucking railed every single battle. I was tired of having to reset a turn, and it wouldn't be you know reset two people no typically it was the person that i would move at the very beginning of the turn so i had to reset that whole fucking turn and then if you get into a spot where you just can't get out of sometimes you have to reset fucking two or three turns and it just became super fucking tedious to do it that way so i did i did go down in difficulty too easy or normal whatever the fuck it is and i am enjoying it more since doing that but in regards to Somnial, and Chris is 100% right, it's super tedious to do a lot of the shit at Somnial, but the thing that I found was the easiest and less tedious for me was I would go through this process. I would choose a battle. Once I'm done with the battle, I run around the field, collect all the, the supplies. Typically, it's either steel, iron, silver, which you need for your upgrades. So that's the only reason I do that. I return to Somnial. The first thing I do is run to the little adoption place with the, the, the animals that you've adopted. And I pick up all my supplies from there, which is usually, again, steel, silver, uh, iron. So I'll pick that shit up. And I did it for a little bit. I would go to this... Uh, they, they added this... I forget what it's called, but it's like a, a wishing well, sort of. And you throw in unused unused items, weapons that you don't really want and you don't really want to sell. And it builds up your star rating with how much quality weapons you put in there. And it will give you, the next day, items in return. And sometimes that is stuff to upgrade your stats. Like, uh, I got several speed stats from it. It will give you... Uh, little SP stuff to build up your abilities and whatnot. Uh, it's given me weapons in return. Uh, Stupid-ass weapons, but it's given me weapons. Uh, I was doing that for a little while, but again, I, I ran out of stuff to, to actually throw in there, so I haven't done it in a while. But after I do that, I go straight to train, train, uh, level up my emblems and whatnot, and then I look at the, the merchants to see if I can upgrade any of my weapons, sell some shit, uh, and then I go right back to battle. I spend maybe 10, 15 minutes in Somnial at the, at the max. And I feel like that has really, really helped the gameplay aspect of it. In terms of the characters and whatnot, 
it depends on the character, but for the most part, I just kind of skip through the character shit now because one that I found a lot of it to be kind of boring. Uh, but I, I will say I do like the, how the, you know, when you build that support between units, they, they do it in a way that every time you build support, it adds a different portion to that conversation that was originally started, which I like that. I just think they didn't do a good job of building interesting conversations between a lot of the characters. I think I had a conversation between Etia and uh, Goldmary, which you haven't gotten Goldmary yet, right? Mm-hmm. So Goldmary and Etia, this is a spoiler alert, I guess. Uh, do you want me to tell you anything about this? About the character? That's okay. Yeah, no, go ahead. So Goldmary is this fancy pants type of type of female. Okay, she likes she likes the she slaughters people now. She's a fucking good character. She's on my team. She slaughters people. Etia is this kind of like tomboyish style character. She wants to train 24 fucking 7. And that's pretty much her gist. Them two, when when you initiate the conversation between them, they do not like each other. Whatsoever. And as you build their support, they come to the realization that they do have a lot in, in common. And they actually become friends. So that's the stuff I love about Fire Emblem. I just wish it was more of that. I agree. I, I think part of part of my issue with the character development is like when you think about not not Aliera and not Byleth, but when you think about character interactions between everybody else in three houses, like when Dorothea was talking to Caspar, you you learned about how they knew each other when they were kids, like the first time he met her. And, you know, how they've kind of grew up together and, you know, you get the history of that relationship. These people engage. It's like, I like cats. I also like cats. I had a cat when I was a kid. His name was Cat. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's on to the next one, you know. So I'm glad that some of the late game ones are at least a little more interesting because it's just as soon as I get one. I mean, I just I hit start to skip on to the next one because I just I don't find it interesting. Even the interactions with Alier, it's just different variations of them worshiping him because he's a god. Yes, absolutely agree. I do skip through a lot of the character interactions. Don't don't get me wrong. The the Eta and Goldmary thing that does not mean that it gets significantly better. I think the worst thing about this game is the writing. I absolutely do not like the writing whatsoever. I think it is one of the weakest aspects of this game, if not the weakest. Uh, it just feels like the writing feels like they had like a month to write this shit and they just wrote some shit down. And that's what they went with. It feels like they had a month to write some shit. So they hired a 12 year old to write it for them. Exactly. Exactly. So that, that is my biggest issue with the game. And that ultimately holds back the, uh, the characters and the uh, the overall story. Another huge aspect of the game I don't like, and it was a complaint of three houses for me, and they haven't fixed it for this one. And that is the stagnant backgrounds. And I think it's actually worse in this game. It might be. Yeah, I thought that was going to be an improvement when I first started playing it, but the more I saw it is, it is still just a still frame. It, it gets worse. It gets worse. There are, there are conversations between characters that we try and build that support. 
one will will show up and the other one all you hear is them fighting somebody you don't see the fight nothing like that and the character's like i'll help you fight them and all that shit happens off screen and then the next screen is like hey thanks for helping me out on that and that's how they build their support i'm like bro that was cheap that was stupid poorly written that was a waste of my time Yep. So you like cats. Got it. <laughs> and it's a lot of that in those conversations. And that is the worst part about the game. 100%. I will not, <laughs> I will not convince you otherwise on that. The combat doesn't really change much. Where, what do you remember what part of the story you're in? The last story battle I did was, have you lost your emblems? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm way past that part. I just the the last the last character I unlocked was Hortensia. Oh god, I'm at the very end. Of, I'm at the very end of Solm. Now I've done pretty much all of the like adjutant battles, like all the emblem battles and all that too, and a lot of like the 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 over leveled like side missions and all that. But the story mission, the last one I did was that one. How high can your emblem levels go? 20. Okay, so you get okay. All right. I was going to say I'll like, say have you unlocked that ability yet to go further beyond? Yes, yes, plus ultra. <laughs> uh that was Dragon Ball Z, sir, but I will let you I will allow you to say plus ultra. <laughs> it's it's the freshest on my mind. <laughs> Actually, no, it would be pushed past my limits like Captain Yami. So that was uh that was Goku going Super Saiyan 3. You're thinking about the episode, now? huh? I, I a little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. So, ultimately, I am really, I really do love the game. I really do love it. It it has gotten a lot better with the difficulty going down, and I'm actually able to get through some of these paralogs and some of these emblem battles and moving through the story. And I do have a core set of team, core set team. I'm. Do you remember Alchrist? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get him as like a as a like a fill-in character because now I have. Have you picked up Pandreo yet? Yes. The the guy that barks like a wolf or some shit. Whoop, whoop. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I have. So he is like the last guy. Like typically, I think he's like number twelve that I can use. Sometimes in battle they have they let you use like twelve people I think, and uh, he would be number twelve. I don't really like him. I have a lot of magic and healers on my team to begin with, so I I kind of need somebody else. I really I really fucking need another archer. And Alcris was I like him more than I do Fagato because I just don't like Fagato's character. He, he's kind of annoying to be honest with you. I mean, he's, oh man, he slays bitches. But, like, literally slays bitches. Yes, he does. But I, I feel like Alcris would have been a better character for me, so I'm trying to level him up now. And, dude, it's fucking tough, because I have, still have permadeath on, so everybody mm-hmm. towards fucking Alcris and just kills him. I'm like, god damn it, man. Stop going after him. When archers are sticky anyway, like, that's part of the problem. Like, when I when I first got Fagato, I immediately just abandoned Alcris because, dude, a bow knight is busted. 
they don't have quite the range as Sniper does, like ETA, but the defense is probably double. So they can take a, a little bit more damage before you got to worry about them. I've put a lot into ETA, dude, and she's still sticky. Like, if she gets hit by two people between heels, she's probably going to die. And I'm overleveled for where I'm at in the story. Yeah, that is true. ETA is one of my favorite characters. Uh, she just fucking slays people, but... God damn it, you gotta slay them before they slay you because it's it's one or two hits and she's uh she's dead. Mm-hmm. But I love, 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 love her. She is like my uh oh fuck, I forgot her name from Three Houses. Uh Shamir or Bernadetta. No, she I mean she is technically the Bernadetta from <laughs> from Three Houses, which I love Bernadetta. No, the uh the assassin girl from Three Houses. Oh, what the fuck was her name? It was the one from a different country. Shamir? The, oh, the others. There was one that had a... Uh, she she couldn't talk with the language as well. Oh, Petra. Petra, yes. The one I married at the end of Three Houses. Yes. <laughs> that you forgot about. That I forgot about. <laughs> he is my Petra in this game. Like, I am in love with ATA. She is fucking dope. But I tell you, who my favorite character is out of the entire game, sir. Kagetsu. That dude is a fucking savage. Oh, you mean Felix? Yes, but better. <laughs> yeah, Kagetsu is dope. He's, he's, he's one of my frontliners as well. Not only does he have a pretty high defense, but he's also got the speed. Dude, he's like an all-around the best character in terms of combat. He's honestly a cheat code because he's, really he's a good. he's a dex power build, but he also has like freaking armor knight defense. He he, you can't hit him. You can't hit him whatsoever. And when you do and hit if him, you, if you run Marth on him and he starts double critting everybody, like you have to withdraw him from the front lines because he's just taking all my experience sometimes. Yeah. What is it? The uh, the Wodal sword that he has. Uh, mm -hmm. he yep. Dude. I have a almost a fifty percent crit hit on them, so half the time I'm getting criticals with him with that sword, and I'm just like, God damn, dude, you are a fucking savage. He's a board wipe. He's truly a board wipe. Mm -hmm. And the the coolest thing about him is when he has that crit hit, dude. It is the most anime shit I've ever seen, and it is so fucking cool. Where he just stands there, pulls the sword back. And then it just shows him like quick cutting them and then back. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, so fucking cool. Like <laughs> I don't get tired of that animation whatsoever. I leave the animations off because they take so long. But once I cycle in three or four new members, I'll turn them back on for a couple of battles just so I can see them. But his are really cool. His and Marin's Marin's animations are dope too. Uh, I I only used her for like a battle. And I got rid of her. Oh, dude, the Wolf Knight is. She's probably my favorite unit. Yeah, the, like uh, what was his uh, Zelkov? I think that's his uh -huh. name. Uh, the Dark Assassin. Yeah. Um, he he was on my team for a little bit, but I I I couldn't keep him up with everybody else in terms of like damage and whatnot. So he was getting he was getting killed a lot. But you say Kagetsu is a cheat code. I'll tell you who is the biggest cheat code in the entire game, sir, and you have not got him yet. And that is Seedall. Holy shit. This is 
an amazing aspect to the combat. So Seedal, he does the hand-to-hand combat, but he doesn't really do hand-to-hand combat. You don't use him for combat whatsoever. Like, I think I have maybe attacked with him maybe twice, and that was attached to an emblem. So you don't attack with him whatsoever. But, let's say he is right next to another character that you need to go, like, let's say, Kagetsu. Like, he didn't quite knock out that one person, but maybe one more turn could do it, and you need to to kill that enemy, or he's going to kill one of your people that's right next to him. Seedall has this move called Dance, which makes that person next to him have a second turn. And they can attack. Oh, okay. I was wondering if they were going to bring the Dancer class back. Yes. Okay, Uh, because you know that was a full class in three houses. Yeah, I didn't use it whatsoever. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't use it till my last playthrough, but it is, it is, it's a cheat code. You're right. <laughs> huh. Fantastic. Let's say, um, okay, I'm going to use this dude. Okay, he's going to take like a lot of damage from this, but he's going to end up killing them. I'm going to use, uh, I'm going to use Seedall to give him a second turn so he can heal on that turn. And it is, it's broken. Like, I fucking broken. I absolutely love it. Seedall is on my team, and you, you know me. I, I am all offense, usually never defense, and to have him on a team is a huge thing for me to say and and how great of a character and combat mechanic he is. It's got me out of a lot of tough situations. Well, I'm definitely going to keep playing because I'm looking at this character list, and there are quite a few that I don't have yet. There's There's some that I still don't have. I went through, uh, so now I'm, I'm in the process of getting a lot of the, uh, which by the way, you remember how we said Micaiah was like one of the best emblems? Mm-hmm. So obviously she was gone <laughs> for an extended right. period. And the whole time I'm like, you know, it'd be really nice if I got fucking Micaiah back. <laughs> like this would make my life so much easier. I fucking finally got her back. I'm like, yes, I'm about to slaughter some people. <laughs> <laughs> So I got her attached to uh, Jean, and it's just fucking just great. But I end up—he's gaining having, like four levels every battle. I mean, I got everybody up to almost level twenty, anyways, in their advanced class. So mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not really using it for the XP. I'm mainly using it for that uh, that ability to heal everybody. Yep, that great heal. Yeah, that that's pretty dope. So what I typically do is the. The thing that I do is I have seed all right next to him. I will heal everybody. You seed all to give him one more turn, and then I'll have him heal himself again, so he's not like getting fucking bone from somebody else. Uh, so that strategy typically works for me. But I'm getting all the emblems back, and I was kind of looking on the line. I'm like, you know, which ones kind of synergize best with with each other? So the other day I spent like twenty thirty minutes kind of playing around with who has the best emblem and whatnot. And uh, yeah, it, that, that shit I just get kind of fucking nerdy about and I, I fucking love it. But I'm going to play to the end of the game. I don't know about you, sir, but I'm going to play to the end of the game. And if, if I had to give it a score right now, like I don't think they're going to introduce anything that's really going to change the gameplay or anything like that. It's a, it's an eight. Like I, I think the character stuff, the story, not as good as Three Houses. 
I think if the combat was the exact same as Three Houses, it, it would probably be a seven, seven five. But the combat is mm-hmm. so much better this time around. That yeah, eight, eight five is kind of where I'm landing at. I'm waiting to see how the story unfolds with that and some of these other battles that I need to do, and maybe it can climb up to an eight five. But I think an eight, eight five is is fair for this game as of right now. Well, I know you don't believe me, but I am going to go back and play it because. I, I want to love it so much, and I do have time because I don't really have much else going on in my gaming life anyway. So, I mean, I am going to play it. I fully agree that the combat is a level above three houses. And I think that that is the only thing about the game above three houses for me at this point. I'll agree. Um, to give it a score, I think it gets six and a half on combat alone. Because I do love the battle so much, but I can't give it much else to add to that for everything else at this point. I'm assuming at some point I will be sucked back into the story and the lore at least, but as far as the Somniel and the character development, um, I'm just going to give it a 7 right now. I will, maybe not, obviously not have another podcast about it when I'm done, but I will let you know if that changes and goes up at all by the end of it. But I am going to finish it. I am going to play it. I honestly don't think you're going to go up much more than that. I, I think I think you'll end up at a 7. Six, five, seven. Well, and that won't be the worst thing, man. Like I said, I'm happy with the game just for the combat. Like, I miss Fire Emblem so much that I, I am absolutely loving the combat and everything new that you can do with it. I just super, super bummed out that I'm not really attached to any of the characters outside of the battlefield. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed by it too, sir. Except for Chloe and Ivy. I like those two a lot. They're funny as hell. Not on my team. Ooh, Chloe is my MVP. Of course, I also I put a lot of boosters into Chloe, though, because she was so sticky being a flyer. When I made her a Griffin Knight, she got a lot more aggro statistics, and I just ramped her defense up. So now she's pretty much a board wipe. i got to keep her in check, too, or she'll rob everybody else. Yeah, that was the issue. It was, it was I, I couldn't, when I, maybe it was hard mode. I don't know. <laughs> but... I would I would use her and she didn't have enough enough strength and attack to kill somebody. So when I didn't kill them the next next turn, because her defense sucked, they would kill her. So that was kind mm-hmm. of uh, ran with her and I just kinda kicked her aside. Honestly, if you are a flyer in this game, you fucking suck. Because all it takes is wind, all it takes is an arrow, and you were fucking demolished. I agree, yeah. It, outside of Chloe and Ivy, I don't. I haven't used a flyer for more than a battle or two. Now, Ivy is dope because she is, she's the happy of this game. So, I mean, she can wreck you from afar, and you don't really much have to worry about her, but she also has very high speed and high evasion, so even if people do get close, unless it is her weakness or an elemental, then they generally won't hit her anyway. But, yeah, outside of those two, I have I have not classed anybody into a flyer class the entire time, nor do I plan to. I remember, remember Happy. I was like, oh, I mean, she's good. She's good. I, mean, I, don't, I don't see what everybody's, you know, <laughs> writing home about, about this for, you know? She's not that great. And then it was like, all of a sudden, she just clicked. <laughs> she just fucking yep. exploded. I'm like, God damn, where did this come from? You're 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 striking folks. I love it. She's a goddess. <laughs> she is a goddess. She is a goddess. 
but yeah, that's all. I guess that's the last little bit of, of talk we'll have about Fire Emblem. Uh, I'll probably mention it again once I once I finish the game and just give y'all an overall score. But as far as going in depth on the game past this point, uh, probably not going to happen, guys. Uh, we do need to f- move forward with the podcast and not waste a whole lot of time on games <laughs> we've been playing for, for months. Uh, that's the biggest issue with the podcast in general and and working a lot. It takes us a long time to play these games. So we're not we're not like these other podcasts out there that they can finish these games in a week. Uh you know, we're not we're not sitting in our mom's basement in our white tidies eating Cheetos all day. Which I would not be uh I would not be mad at doing. Just saying. I was going to say, sometimes I wish I could do that for like a week. <laughs> Just check out of everything else. I'm mainly saying that out of jealousy. It's not that I'm right. <laughs> downplaying it at all. Yes, 100%. But let's jump into our weekly recommendation. What do you recommend to these fine people there, sir? Uh, this one's going to be specific. If you played along with us at the time when we were both playing it, or if you've played it at all, a few weeks ago, they launched Wave 3 of the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 DLC. It was a new hero and about three hours worth of story. I'm going to recommend you do that if you're a Xenoblade fan. It was a lot of fun. Not going to lie. I didn't know what to expect because the hero was very different. Um, And I kind of wish that I hadn't played the game before I got this hero. Because I feel like she would have been much more useful during the playthrough. But either way. Scratch that Xenoblade itch, getting me ready for Wave 4, and still a lot of fun. actually spent five or six hours in that game after I finished that because I realized I missed it so much. I think Xenoblade 3 is going to be my next chore after I am done with Fire Emblem. Uh, I, I really want to play Bioshock before, before uh, Tears of the Kingdom comes out. Uh, so maybe that's going to be my plan. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. But I am going. I am going to be in play uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Three, sir. I promise you. Well, normally I would demand that you play Xenoblade Three next, but if Bioshock is the alternative, I'm not going to be mad at either one. I want you to play both of them. So you do you, bro. I'm good at that, sir. I'm very good. <laughs> Shut up. Do me twice a day. <laughs> Three times a <laughs> <on> Sunday. <laughs> All right, so I am going to recommend. Hmm. Typically, I recommend bands. That's kind of like my thing. But I'm actually going to recommend the Chef Show on Netflix. I, I think it's a different style of like Food Network show, and it's got John Favreau. So it's kind of the same vein as the movie Chef. But you know, you're actually learning about stuff while while the show is going on, like. They're telling you, like, the first episode was, like, a, I think it's called Hot Luck. It's, like, this this event that happens in Texas, and they smoke a shit ton of meat and whatnot. So they go through the process of how they season the meat and then how they get ready for this festival kind of thing. And John Favreau is there learning how, how to smoke this shit. They're going through, like, hey, you need to put this right here. That's way it kind of blocks some of that heat to kind of make it a little bit slower cook. And then you could throw it on the grill afterwards and, and fucking cook it that way. So don't worry too much about it being cooked all the way through this time around. So I think 
a lot of what they do in the show is is very interesting and informative, and uh, I would recommend people go check it out. Definitely gonna watch that. I'm always up to upgrade my cooking game. Right, right. As as a male, I could definitely uh, improve on my cooking game. <laughs> it's actually become kind of a hobby of mine. I actually love cooking now. Believe it or not, like three years ago, absolutely hated it. Would straight up just go get takeout. Now it's a challenge. I love grilling. I wouldn't say I love cooking like in the kitchen, but grilling, fucking love it. I oh no, did- dude. I just wish. Give me a fucking apron. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I just wish. Because Tina was talking about it yesterday. She says, hey, we need to fucking do those Philly cheesesteaks on the fucking griddle again. Because that shit was fucking dope. And I was like, yeah, the only issue is, and it's this fucking Louisiana weather, is that fucking shit rust in like a fucking week, even though I put oil on it and whatnot. So it just becomes tedious. So. I, I will send you a picture of the kind I found that finally prevented rust. And you only have to coat it about once a month. Oh, okay. It's like $9, too. It's not bad at all. Oh, 100% send that to me, sir. Yep. But guys, that is going to be it from us for episode 108. We appreciate y'all joining me for this episode. Sir, I know you are in Area 51 playing that top secret uh, Tears of the Kingdom 2 game. But I appreciate you joining me for this uh, live, not live episode, but this uh, YouTube video, video format, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely, man. Always fun. Thank you for having me. Always, sir. And uh, yeah, by the way, if y'all want to support us, patreon.com slash two game. Uh, shout out to our $20 tier supporters. Uh, yeah, like, subscribe to the video format. We are also on all your favorite podcast apps. So go check us out there for your audio format. And then while you're on the YouTube, check out our Let's Play series. I'm doing a Dead Space remake right now. I think by the time the public listeners listen to this, uh, episode 10 should be up. So 10 episodes of me cussing and getting scared shitless, all there for your pleasure. But that's going to be it from us, and we'll catch you all next week on another episode. Laters. Catch you later, guys.